Thank you for joining us on Theology Refresh, this podcast for pastors and church leaders. Our topic is union with Christ, and we're here with Ray Ortland to talk about this glorious theme of union with Christ. Uh, Ray, when you think of this doctrine and all of its importance, are there particular texts that your mind goes to, to or thoughts that would help lead us in the discussion? Yeah. Thank you, David, for letting me be a part of this today. And I'm really glad to be speaking to uh, pastors around the world. And, and uh, you know, as you and I are sitting here in Chicago, we're thinking of those guys and want to be a blessing to everyone who's listening. Amen. Well, there's this amazing verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Um, I, I didn't look it up. I don't remember uh, exactly what the number is, but I've read that in Paul's letters, uh, he uses this in Christ language 163 times or something like that, right around, it's a lot. And uh, in my Bible, the letters of Paul take up about 100 pages. And if I read any book, that made a certain point, a 100-page book that made a certain point 160-plus times, I might think <laughs> that's what the book is about. If he keeps lo- the author keeps looping back to this one central integrating theme or reality in his thinking, and that is really what the gospel is about. It's about union with Christ, which is difficult to... This is not easy to understand. This is not easy to wrap our brains around because... Um, in Christ, I mean, I'm an American, but I would never say I am in George Washington. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't connect with reality in any sense. And yet Paul was pressed by the realities of the work of Christ. He was pressed inexorably to this place of having to say that we are now in Christ. And so we're sort of thrilled and perplexed at the same time. Uh, and we want, to, we want to understand theologians. We call it union with Christ. Uh, of course, in Romans chapter 6, you've been united with Christ in his death. You've been un- united with Christ in his resurrection. Uh, but this is, a most, this is a great mystery. And yet really is, we, we use the word relationship. This very inadequate English word. I have a relationship with my wife, David, but I also have a relationship with my dog. So the word relationship will not do. And so we've been pressed into this word, word union, which is a relationship, but it's sort of the ultra mega relationship that takes us right into mystery. And in other words, if God has, through the cross, God has so removed every barrier between ourselves and, and our Savior that Paul has to locate us in Christ. And he says here, because of God and his grace and mercy, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. In other words, he's the total package Christ. He's the all-weather Christ. He's the multi-dimensional Christ. He's the nothing-lacking Christ. 
He is full, eternal, wise, surprising, never-ending. That's our Christ, and we are in him, never to be removed. And all that he is worth to us as our Savior and Lord is we are bonded now with this wonderful salvation and redemption in Christ. Ray, how is it that we're bonded with him? Bonded in what sense? Yeah. Well, not ontologically. We are not little extensions of Jesus, or we are not divine. Well, the Bible itself helps us with uh, metaphors that uh, no metaphor can be completely adequate, but we get a feel for it. John 15, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. So there's 1 Corinthians 12, there is a body with a head. They are all united. Um, you know, the, uh, Jesus Christ is a member of your church. He's the head. That's pretty amazing. He's not ashamed to call you his brothers. Um, Ephesians 5, husband and wife. Um, here are two distinct individuals and yet covenanted together, deeply bound, um, never to part. Is, is there a role for the Holy Spirit to play in this union with Christ and being joined to him and bonded to him? Well, the, um, uh, I, at, 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 at several levels, perhaps most personally, um, uh, in terms of our actual experience, David, the, this, uh, this reality of union with Christ is so far beyond our experience and even categories of thought that it, we actually need to be instructed and illuminated by the Holy Spirit to begin to get traction for this actually to begin changing us, uh, uh, for it to be stop becoming merely a concept and actually to become a basis for, a living basis for communion with Christ, union and communion. Um, uh, if, if we are enabled by the Holy Spirit to believe that this is true and to take it at face value, it simply changes everything. Mm -hmm everything. For example, how can I feel that my life is a disaster? That my life is a lost cause? That my opportunity for life is over? How can I feel that either I have so bungled my life that it's gone and now I just have to settle? I'm just looking now into the future. I'm just looking at one long death sentence or because of other sins that people have committed against me that you know, they've robbed me of life. How can I feel that way? Now, we're living in an era where we are being slammed by a tsunami of sin within us and around us. But union with Christ is deeper than sin. <laughs> you know, sin came and sin is going to go and union with Christ. Our union with Christ is here to stay. Mm. It's the absolute bedrock of our entire existence and therefore we can look at the realities of our lives 
the heartbreaks of our lives the regrets of our lives and uh, and we can say um, yes all of it is true all of that is real but there's a deeper reality and it's because of God because of him you are in Christ Jesus now Paul wrote that to the Corinthians and they were not a very good church they were kind of a they were bouncing off the walls. They were not a mature church. They were so self-assured and yet really not very good at being a church. And Paul rejoiced to look them straight in the eye and say, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he has given mm -hmm. himself completely to you for all that he is. Mm -hmm. Ray, we talk about these, uh, these doctrines of applying Christ's work to us, like justification by faith alone, and sanctification, and the reality of the new birth, and faith and repentance, and glorifications coming one day for the believer. How do these applications of Jesus' work apply to the reality of union mm -hmm. with Christ? I, um, as I understand it, David, because this is a, a wonderful area where I'm, I'm still thinking this through and learning continuing to learn on I'm on a growth trajectory I want to stay there by God's grace but I would say this um, let's take justification for example as and I believe Luther was right the church stands or falls on the article of justification by faith alone um, but but union with Christ is even deeper if you can think of it like a wagon wheel and union with Christ is the hub at the center and then there's the spoke of justification attached to that hub, the spoke of sanctification, glorification, what it means to be the church, and so forth. All these great realities that God has accomplished for us and has promised to us in the future, they are all, they converge uh, at union with Christ, which is why I think Paul says it the way he does here in 1 Corinthians 1.30. I think that's his point. Because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, there's our justification, sanctification and redemption. All of these great realities are held together, provided by, they converge in, they are bound together by, guaranteed by, promised through, um, actualized through our union with Christ. Which means, David, that it, it, it's an argument for the certainty and the wonderful inevitability of our salvation because it's in Christ. Ray, we were talking earlier, and maybe the experience of many listening to the podcast would be that they didn't grow up in churches or in families where they talked about the reality of union with Christ. Maybe for the listener, this is the first time they're hearing about this doctrine, or it's not a very familiar one, or it's a very new one for them, and yet you grew up in a church where union with Christ, you were saying, was central, was emphasized. W would there be advice that you would have for pastors on helping to cultivate that kind of environment in their church, where the people are aware of this central and significant doctrine, maybe more so than is typical in many churches. Mm -hmm. I had the privilege of growing up in a church where my dad was the pastor, and he was a very godly man. He was, oh, my dad was magnificent. Mm. And dad uh, preached about union with Christ. He made this explicit. He repeated this theme. When he would come, if he were preaching through 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for example, he would stop at verse 30 and sort of build a sidebar in the sermon and uh, talk about union with Christ, what it means to be in Christ. This was a theme that he kept returning to. He would not let verses like this, 
1 Corinthians 1.30. He would not let a verse like that slip past without exploiting the opportunity to uh, remind us, to, to, to press into us, to rejoice uh, together uh, in, in this great reality that God has simply created on terms of radical grace. So over time, it sort of entered into the corporate mind of our church and I think was a stabilizing uh, influence in the church. And, and it really helped our church remain Christ-focused um, because that's what this mm -hmm. is by definition. Focus on Christ was not something Dad had to try to um, recapture um, uh, because this, it was established very firmly by this uh, hyper-focus on Christ in, in our union with him. Right, would there be any resources to recommend for pastors who are thinking about this freshly or want to uh, be uh, sharpened on the doctrine of union with Christ, yeah. articles or books? Yeah, there, there, is, uh, there are many, many fine resources. My dad, uh, and you can find it on the internet, my dad wrote a little booklet on union with Christ entitled Circle of Strength. He, he saw, he even represented it as a sort of uh, at atmosphere of mercy and grace and protection surrounding every Christian and whatever happens to that Christian has to penetrate and come through that mercy and grace before it can touch that Christian. So the Circle of Strength is a little book that my dad wrote. I'm sure it's available on the internet. Anthony Hokum's book, Saved by Grace, has a very good section on union with Christ and describes something very similar to the, the wagon wheel you talked about with union at the center and the spokes. And then Sinclair Ferguson has a little book on the doctrine of the Christian life, which is excellent and has a section on union. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for just briefly getting us into this uh, refresher on this important doctrine. Would you close us in prayer for those who are listening to us? Yes, and thank you for letting me be a part of this today. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for relocating us and giving us a new address, a new identity, a new destiny, a new place, a new security. And we realize to our astonishment, we could not be closer to you, for we are in your Son. We, are, we have been brought near, very near. We have been loved, deeply loved. We could not be more loved because of you and your grace in your Son given to us forever. Give us understanding. Press this into us. Refresh us with our union with Christ. Help us to believe it and to savor it, and to spread this great message. We pray in your holy name. Amen.